0: Hello everyone and welcome to Let's Commiserate. I'm Sam. And I'm Dave. And right now we're just going to start talking about the much anticipated Ahsoka TV series.
1: I mean, can we just go on record and state that we've been waiting for this show for, for quite a while. For quite a while. Since, and built up. since the...
0: Clone Wars ended, not started. Really, we, I, I did not enjoy okay, it so. Okay, to be good fair. I,
1: I, I don't really want to go into this right now because I feel like this is this is good material for a nice commiseration later. Yes, but um, Dave Filoni telling one story through what are we at four different series now? Yeah, over right. how many years? And that's not including like the behind the scenes or the expanded like tales of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Well, we'll save that for another yeah. time.
0: But he's gotten to see all of his stories come to fruition. Which is pretty cool. I appreciate that he's made the vision real. Over a period of, because the Clone Wars movie was 2008.
1: So that's 15 years. 15 years. That, and he's still at it. You know, I mean, George Lucas kind of, like, set the set the road. And then, you know, Dave Filoni kind of finished paving it. What, 50, 50 years later? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I
0: know that there are differing opinions about good old Dave Filoni. I like his hats. <laughs> 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 we'll just, I bought that hat. I think uh, that's agreeable. Do they have like on Amazon? Can you search Dave Filoni hat, like his style? I guarantee hat that it's available on Etsy. Uh, okay, well, okay, okay. note. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we just want to break down the episode briefly, and then we'll get to our thoughts on it. For starters, this episode, I think, is the first Star Wars uh, live action series to bring back the
1: opening crawl, which. I loved. I was not expecting. When it first came up on the screen, it um, it, it wasn't in the standard, you know, typically, like you think of the old-timey Star Wars, it kind of like floats mm-hmm. off into the distance, into space. Mm-hmm. This, I've never seen a straight vertical text. Yeah. It almost took me back to some of like the early video games that just kind of set the plot with mm-hmm. the um, kind of like uh, Dark Forces, Dark Forces 2, yes. just with the opening, you know, text right at the beginning. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it was... Uh, in a different color. Like, they modified the style a little bit, but it was a nice callback to bring back the opening crawl. I was getting those. It
1: was very, a lot of nostalgia.
0: A lot, a lot of nostalgia. nostalgia. So, the episode opens
1: with some imposters. Uh, they infiltrate. Oh, can we just, uh, yes, spoilers what? ahead. If you have not oh, yes. seen the episode already, um, just put, you know, hit pause and, and go watch it. Yeah. For the love of, I uh, feel like for herself.
0: Come on, I feel like spoiler alerts. It's sad that we still have to give them, but if you are clicking on this without having seen the episode and you're relying right. on right. our don't summary, agree. don't be mad at us. You don't have bigger problems than yeah. Yeah, you
1: have you have <laughs> other issues which we can't help you with.
0: So again, the episode opens with these infiltrators uh, taking over a New Public transport.
1: Okay, can we just can we just the opening scenes and and the way they kind of mirrored the opening to episode 1 mm. the phantom menace with the the, the the ship coming into port the uh, the conversation with yep. the uh, the bridge admiral or the, the bridge you wish admiral, permission to
0: board yeah
1: the whole and then all of the scenes where they walk down the uh, the cloaks and then the conversation and um it even did have some even, phantom menace vibes uh, what's the guy's name again i'm blanking the bla- the uh oh my, Balin. Balin. Yeah. When Balin uh, speaks with the cap- captain yeah, he, directly. He sounded like Qui-Gon, actually. And the words he said are actually a reference to uh, episode one.
0: He says, you were right about one thing. We are not Jedi. So that was kind of a callback to you were right about Actually, one? the
1: reference is when um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are about to get on the, uh, the mm-hmm. AATs to go down to the surface of the Naboo, and Obi-Wan looks at Qui-Gon. And says one thing is for sure. You were right about one thing. You were thing. right about one thing. There we go. And if of course, sh- the, 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 the closing sentence was a little bit different. But still, it was, I mean,
0: technically, the negotiations were short. It's only now talking about it that I realized that there were a lot of Phantom Menace vibes. So many. Okay, so then they go to the main uh, titles and everything. And so, yeah, it just kind of establishes that these guys are
1: up obviously the bad. Good. I mean, yeah. they have the evil, villainous cloaks. The orange lightsabers. Red, red-orange. Yeah. Kind of a...
0: And they I mean, release... I
1: remember six months ago when the official trailer dropped. There was so much conversation. Like, there were a lot of headlines that talked about, like, orange lightsabers, are those a thing? Um, and obviously, for the passive fan, orange is not a common lightsaber co- color. But if you're familiar with any of the video games, Knights of the Old Republic, obviously, you'll know that it is.
0: I actually forget what orange signifies. I only know what blue uh green and yellow signify but uh orange well green is i didn't even realize that they were orange when watching this i was like isn't that just what red but that kind
1: of, kind of off red fine. color like you know orange red and yeah what's, what's the difference uh burnt umber burnt umber <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey dave if you're listening yeah. what is the hex code for <laughs> this <laughs> can i get the rgb value?
0: um but then they release Morgan Morgan Elsbeth, I think. That's how mm-hmm. you say her name. Right. Who, she appeared in Ahsoka's episode of Mandalorian.
1: Which, right? I yeah. do have to admit that she wasn't just the villain of the week right. in, uh, Man, what was it, Mandalorian, Mandalorian. season two? Mm-hmm. Um, like, she was a very good bad guy. Obviously, like, her her story arc, I think it was just two episodes there with uh, Ahsoka. It was kind of short-lived and and... You could tell just the way the episode was written. They were building her up as a bigger villain um, or character in that story than she was. Mm-hmm. She was just kind of the local warlord. And and all of a sudden she has this, this, um, this Beskar spear and she's able to face off against the Jedi, who is this lady. Yeah. Obviously this episode kind of goes into that. Um... Which is good
0: because Mando,
1: I think, has a
0: bad habit of... Villain of the week, character of the week, and you get invested in this no, characters and then you literally never see any. I anything.
1: know, I know, we're talking about Ahsoka, but yes. I, I kind of w- want to peel off here that Mando has it, it's a great weekly serial, mm-hmm. kind of like harkening back to the old Western spaghetti Western TV mm-hmm. shows and stuff. You know, like uh, the the Rifleman, um, where it's like you can tune in, watch an episode, and that. From start to finish, it was a contained story, you know, mm-hmm. villain or, or antagonist and stuff. And then the next week you tune in for the same thing, um, kind of that serial mm-hmm. production. Right.
0: So then we are finally treated to seeing our main character, Ahsoka. She is in the process of acquiring a star map that will lead to the location of Grand Admiral Thrawn. The whole sequence goes on for like you know fifteen minutes, way too this, long.
1: But and I have to admit, this sequence was it was dramatic. Yeah. There was a lot of um,
0: it felt very Indiana Jonesy. Hands. the
1: the 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 Tomb Raider vibes on this mm. sequence was strong. I loved it personally. Um, there were a couple of moments like that were just pure Ahsoka, where she cut through the ceiling using mm. the the Force willing spin move. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we saw that I think for the first time in. Uh, season 7 of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of one of her more classic moves. But to be able to see her just kind of use that in in natural adventure. With her uh, rubber um, lightsabers. You know, and she solves this kind of kind of cool puzzle. It seemed very um, Tomb Raider, kind of Uncharted style. Mm-hmm. Like puzzle room activation. She had a lineup, like the faces and and, and the points of light to connect. I thought that was really cool, yeah. but then uh, we we can't not talk about the HK fight scene. Yes, that was pretty intense. I do have a soft spot for
0: the HK Assassin Droids. Why? Ever since Knights of the Old Republic, yeah, when you're introduced to HK-47. To and uh, then seeing another HK... Uh, what was his uh, name in Rogue One? The HK unit in Rogue One. He was like, oh, I'll no, stay... Stayed, they got,
1: no, he wasn't an HK unit. was he that an was HK an, unit? That was an Imperial inter- interrogation droid. I could have sworn he was an HK mm-hmm. unit. <laughs> Fact check it. Fact check. We'll talk about that later. Anyway. anyway. But I, I do have to... I, I like this sequence because they, um, they used electrostaffs. Mm-hmm. And there was one scene... I, I kind of... I, I wanted to see if the one droid... It looked like almost like he had a tube leading from his back, like a backpack... I was expecting a flamethrower sequence, um, but then Ahsoka just—I think she decapitated the droid, and which was sad because I kind of—I I expected yeah. a fire sequence. Yeah, those uh,
0: self-destruct uh, functions were way okay. more destructive than what, I was, was expecting them what to. Pet peeve
1: is is if you build a self-destruct device, don't put a thirty-second timer on
0: it. They were very generous. They were so generous,
1: but they did have the run to. It, it, and it's a TV trope. I mm-hmm. do enjoy it, though. The dramatic running mm-hmm. sequence where you call to your your, your wingman and you yep. say, Hey, bro, pick me up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, I can't hear you over the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was a dramatic scene. The explosion was yeah. extremely large.
0: Also, random side note, they gave uh, Rosario Dawson a new headpiece for this TV series. If you compare it side by side with the one that they gave her for Mandalorian... I did not like how the Mandalorian headpiece looked. So this is a massive improvement. They made them longer. They made them uh, flow a little more naturally. So it wasn't as no, you can rigid. notice it
1: kind of in the in the small ways. Like in Mandalorian, it's it looked like it was made of styrofoam. Like yeah, it was very chunky. It didn't it didn't bend well with yeah. her movements. But in this in this series, it it looks real.
0: It looks more reminiscent of how she looked in Rebels. So. Absolutely. We're we're off to a good start. Um,
1: and then uh, we What's next? Away. I believe they continue their flight off. Uh, Tano talks with, oh, at this point, actually, Hu Yang. Let's talk yeah. about him for a second. Have we seen him before? Um, we have. In Star Wars, The Clone Wars, he, he's a reoccurring ep- uh, character in a couple of episodes, um, primarily in, I forget the season right now, but he's the the master craftsman when it comes to building your lightsabers. Oh, okay. There was a one episode. Oh, I yes, 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 yeah. Um, where he helps train all of the young mm-hmm. ones. And we all think of um, the one Wookiee. The little Wookiee. Ju- uh, rebuilds I the saying. organic wood-shaped lightsaber.
0: Oh, I actually loved that.
1: It was a, it was a I very... Yeah. I think of all yeah. of all the Star Wars episodes that are targeted at children, mm-hmm. that was probably the most endearing.
0: Yeah. But he has a pretty good uh, banter with Ahsoka, uh, talking about how it's, you know, he's literally programmed to follow Jedi protocol, and obviously, as we know, Ahsoka is no Jedi. A little
1: bit of a rebel.
0: She's not like the other girls. And it can talk yeah. to her well. Yeah. And so then, uh, Ahsoka rendezvous with none other than Harrison Duba played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, famously married to Ewan McGregor, and I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a phenomenal actress. Uh, she's been in quite a few things, and she works pretty well here, but I'll
1: get more to that later. Um, it's so nice to be able to see the the animated series characters from the Rebels come to live action so well. Mm-hmm. Because I think honestly, like I, I think back to Mandalorian season two, where Cad Bane, mm-hmm. I, still that that still that pains me. Some of the fan recreations of what he should look oh, like yeah. versus what he actually like Disney release. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, Dave Filoni, you have no pity here. Like, I'm sorry, Tad Bing, you did him dirty. Like, but Harrison Dula, completely accurate character acting, Mm -hmm. um, to her Rebels counterpart.
0: At first, her design threw me off a little bit, because, uh, her headpiece, you know, it doesn't look exactly how it looks in Rebels. However, it's accurate to how... Uh, have been portrayed in all other live-action.
1: Which you have to remember, and this this is one of the things that I do keep catching myself on, is the Rebels, and and the entire Clone Wars... Clone Wars. Let me me say this again. Clone Wars. That That the Rebels animated series, as well as the Clone Wars, has a very, very distinct art style to it. Mm -hmm. And, um... I don't know if you remember ever seeing the original 2003 The Clone yes. Wars. Yes, oh, of course. Highly stylized. Mm-hmm. The same guy that did um, Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget his name. Um, incredibly stylized. But you accept the fact that it's this kind of art style, it's mm-hmm. this kind of form. Um, and then you see their live action counterparts, their actors that mm-hmm. portray them, and they look completely different. But we accept it. But somehow, like the animated series is just 3D and just realism enough there's enough there's enough realism there that sometimes we get kind of confused yes. and easily critical of how exactly. their characters yeah. look. But it, it works well here.
0: And so uh, Hera and Ahsoka, they meet up and Ahsoka tells her uh, about the plans of find Grand Admiral Thrawn, which in turn could lead to the ro- location of finding Ezra Bridger.
1: Which, why is Thrawn such a big, uh, like, key component of this entire series? He, I
0: mean, why wouldn't he be?
1: It's Thrawn. Which, I I mean, well, the, last, we'll get into- the last season of Rebels kind of sums it up. Was yeah. he in the yeah. season four and five?
0: Uh, there was no season five. Sorry,
1: season three and
0: four? Uh, yes. Yeah, they brought him in, I want to say it was like midway through season, or it might have been the beginning of season three. I think it was beginning of season three because Vader had kind of been phased out of uh, Rebels by the end of Season 2. And, yeah, the Rebels series ends with uh, Ezra kind of whisking Thrawn away uh, to some unknown part of the galaxy. And so both of their whereabouts are are a mystery
1: because Ezra made that sacrifice. Which I'm I'm so, so happy that they brought Thrawn back. Yes. Because, like, if you're you're at all a fan of the books, Thrawn Mm -hmm. was probably one of the biggest... Um, antagonist characters of the entire expanded yeah. universe. Yeah. Um, and super complex. Too. Extremely. Yeah. Um, the depth of politics as well as like um, battle strategy yeah. versus intelligence, character development, it was... His respect was, for the enemies. And if we bad. have one thing to say about good storytelling, it would be character development. Character Which development. he had. Please. He had so much. Um, but I'm glad to see
0: mm. that they brought him back. Yeah. So Ahsoka has the star map, but she doesn't have the key to actually activate it and look at it, so Hera suggests that she seek out You-Know-Who, meaning Sabine Wren. So we go back to Lothal, Lothal um, which if you watch Rebels at all, you spend like 80, 80% of the series on this planet. It's the Tatooine of Rebels.
1: <laughs> which, okay... We're gonna, that's another pet peeve of mine is how much time we spend on Tatooine for being an, an Outer Rim planet. But in Rebels, we spend a lot of time on Lothal. And I, I feel like it's kind of a good thing is because it it gave, gives Dave Filoni a little sandbox to do whatever he wants and still not be able to affect any of the other planets that we mm-hmm. know and cherish, it, you know? It keeps the series grounded.
0: They have like a home base. So we go to Lothal the and there's a ceremony... Uh, celebrating the Empire's defeat, like the anniversary of it, led by Ryder Azadi, and he's played by Clancy Brown here, and it dawned on me when he was giving this big speech, I was like, wow, he sounds exactly like he does in Rebels and come to find out it's literally Clancy Brown, he's the voice of Vincent. <laughs> oh, so wow. that's pretty cool. They brought that's him, fantastic. they brought him in to play the live action, which is not the first time they've done this because they also did the same thing with Has he voiced any other characters? Uh, I feel like he has. Uh, oh yeah, he voiced Savage Opress, Maul's brother. In the Clone Wars. Oh, in the Clone Wars series. Okay. And, I mean, he does a ton of voice acting. But this is not the first time they've done this. They did the uh, same thing with, oh my gosh, what is um, Satine's sister? Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. They brought in her uh, voice actress to portray her as live action. So, that's pretty cool. Um, It is nice.
1: I feel like it's kind of the little things. Like, for for your average moviegoer or TV watcher, like, sound design and soundscapes play such a small role. Typically, it's more about, um, like, special effects or characters characters, or, you know, uh, cinema shots. Mm-hmm. Sound is a much lower um, priority for the average watcher, mm-hmm. but it's little things like that, like, having the same voice. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, in, uh, in the Obi-Wan series, it was so nice to have Ewan McGregor voice, well, himself, but compared to, um, what's his name in the Clone Wars? Tom something, yeah. He did a great job, but yeah. you could always tell there was something off about the character.
0: You, fe- you hear someone trying to sound like Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: And you can't. And, and again, like <laughs> there's so much visually, and you're like, alright, that is Obi-Wan, but that's not Obi-Wan. But then when you hear Ewan McGregor with the lilt and yep. the accent and everything, mm-hmm. you're just that much more immersed. That is Obi-Wan Kenobi.
0: So... At the ceremony, Ryder is trying to introduce, and here you know to give another speech is Sabine Wren, who doesn't show up, uh, because Sabine, in all these years, has just kind of been
1: brooding and Which kind have of moping to it around. Admit is is there was such a trope here with mm. it, you know ignoring the ceremony? It went on a little bit long, as everything did with this episode. It yeah. was a little bit long, mm-hmm. um, but. You could, se- you could see from the moment that, that Ryder went up to the podium and he was, like, announcing, and now we'll honor Sabine Wren. You knew that she wasn't going to yeah. show up. No, we've seen that. We've seen that in
0: countless, countless things. Uh, Sabine has just kind of been moping all these years, which... I'll get to my thoughts on that later. <laughs> but uh, she's been, like, oh, to, to the point... Fair, there's a lot of feelings there. There's a yes. lot of emotions. She's she's kind of going through an emo stage here. You know? <laughs> she's kind of like... <laughs> How much more emo can she get? She's just blasting Paramore all the time. <laughs> <and> she, <laughs> but,
1: she's already died her name. What's yeah. she going to do? Like? Yeah.
0: Uh, and so, in the, so we know that's what Sabine's been doing. In the meantime, uh, Morgan, Elsbeth, and... Balin, I think his name was, and Balin's uh, young female Padawan, I forget her name, and I was distracted because all I could think of when I saw her was how much she looks like Grace VanderWaal. Remember that ukulele <laughs> girl from America's Got Talent? She just looks exactly like her. Um, but they go to Dathomir uh, because it's revealed that Morgan is actually a descendant of the infamous Sisters. And
1: that was such a great, um, mm-hmm. not Easter egg, like just just plot point to bring around. Because you understand, like she's got the skills, um, she's got the magica, the, the the force. Like how, yeah. why, and to bring it back that she is a knight sister. Yeah. It was just incredible um, forethought. Yeah. So it's kind of a race. To oh, see. Shin Hatai. Oh, that's uh, his that's apprentice's name. What okay. a name! Yes.
0: So it's kind of a race to see who can find Thrawn first,
1: essentially. Which I do like as a plot device to advance the story. A race is always a nice thing.
0: Yeah, this is true. Uh, So eventually...
1: uh, What is it? Do they... Ahsoka does find... Oh, so at this point, Ahsoka finally meets up with Sabi. Mm -hmm. And they have a a very nice little conversation. You could, uh, you know, cut the tension with a knife. Yeah,
0: so if you recall, Rebels ended with it looked like Ahsoka and Sabine were teaming up, and they were going to go on this big mission to find Ezra together. Obviously, that did not succeed. Which, or, yeah.
1: on one hand, I'm very glad that they are they're they're able to express so much over because obviously this takes place a couple of, you know there's a strong period of time in between mm-hmm. um, the events, the end of Rebels and and where this takes place, but. I kind of wish they said more. Mm. I, I think they kind of expected the audience to pick up on on the lack of communication just by not saying you know, anything. Yeah,
0: I'm sure they'll. Uh, I'm sure they'll flesh it out. But clearly, something went wrong with Ahsoka trying to sab- tra- train Sabine in the ways of the Force, and you just know that something bad happened. But they don't get into
1: what. But you know that they're just mad at each other. And uh, you know the last time I saw this was in uh, in Star Wars episode uh, eight and nine with Luke, and oh, turns yeah. out he went and 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 uh, or straight up tried to yeah kill his kill apprentice yeah. So I'm kind of waiting for the the hammer to drop yeah. on this one
0: yeah. Um, but Ahsoka is like, listen, you know, you're mad at me, I'm mad at you, but I need your help with this star map thing. And Sabine does have ideas,
1: which is nice. They put their differences aside because now she has a Chinese puzzle box to open.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabine ends up just swiping the star map and solving the puzzle to open it on her own. And she is able to pinpoint that location, or at least the planet, which, sadly, right as she says, well, I'm going on a trip. Well,
1: no, she's not going on a trip because she gets ambushed. Attacked, viciously and savagely attacked by the original uh, HK units, Mm -hmm. Um, which one... Uh beats her to the ground. She's able she's able to fend off the one. Unfortunately, the other HK unit not only steals the map, but he destroys her computers, which have any record of mm-hmm. the map. And then she gets
0: into a full-on duel with Shin, I forget what her That's last high. name is. Uh, and they made it a little more realistic because you'll remember. Uh, Sabine went through some training on how to wield the dark saber. Kanan was giving her some training, and it's clear that she really only knows the basics. She is not able to overpower. It would have been really annoying if she had been able to just
1: totally go. Quickly, quickly, yeah.
0: Um, earlier, I feel like we need to mention she replays a message from Ezra that he left behind. Oh
1: yeah, that's kind of
0: a critical. Basically, friend zoning her, saying Sabine. You're always like a sister to me.
1: You know, I, <laughs> I'm i so intrigued to see how Dave Filoni is going to continue to, to spool this off. Because throughout the Rebel series, there was like Ezra hardcore flirted with her multiple times. Which cars. did confuse me, yeah. And she never played into it. But by the end of it, they had kind of a, an amicable relationship, friendship. But at this point in the comic message, he, he, Ezra definitely sets the tone... You're a friend. You're like a sister to yeah. me. Which Sabine finds very endearing, obviously, yeah. from the look on her face. I don't know if that was that. more
0: for the sake of the audience, just kind of spelling it out for those who had never seen Rebels before. Like, oh, hey, yeah, they're they're not involved, but, you know, they're more like siblings. But whatever the case, she has this
1: message that we'll she... We'll see how the rest of the season yeah. progresses.
0: Uh, so the episode ends with Sabine being overpowered by Shin. She gets... Uh, Qui Gon right through the stomach. Wickedly, like,
1: absolutely just. And then, I'm not gonna lie. The first time I saw this, I started screaming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, absolute screaming because uh, this is episode one, mm-hmm. and the main, the main supporting character just got stabbed. She just got Qui Gon, which, if you remember, didn't bode very well for Qui Gon yeah. by the end of the episode. Here they kind of stabbed her through, it, it, like, her appendix, mean, I guess. Sydney, like that's, mean, it's a little low. Yeah,
0: Qui-Gon stab. was stabbed, like, you know, more like, right directly. In the middle, like, right up the like, right but, yeah. Uh, but Ahsoka shows up just in the nick of time.
1: No, she came in late. If she had showed up well, that's time, true. it would have been 30 seconds prior, and Sabine would not have gotten stabbed.
0: This is true. But it just ends right there. Will Sabine survive? Obviously, we know she will because we've seen her in so many more clips for Which, the trailers.
1: Honestly, but. I'm not gonna lie. Kind of in my head, um, once you get past the shock, I'm kind of mad at the at, at the writers because you can't you can't pull a cheap shot like that because we already know Sabine is gonna be fine. Well, I they
0: think know she's gonna. Yeah. Be fine. and they were releasing it as a double feature too, so. You probably weren't gonna be left wondering the next which over was, the next week. Oh, is she gonna survive?
1: It was a pleasant surprised. surprise to see that they released both both episodes at once.
0: So that's the summary. Now let's get to our thoughts. Do you wanna go fast?
1: <laughs> um I'm not gonna lie, I, I have a lot of feelings on this on this season, and unfortunately I, I haven't been very good at, at, at bottling them uh, thus far. Mm. Um, I've n- and I'll, I'll be level. I've never been a fan of the Rebels series. I've always been a bigger fan mm-hmm. of the Clone Wars era, over top of the Imperial Rebellion, the Expanded Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do respect that it is a a a time period with characters that is rife or ripe for the um, for the creative directions, and obviously Dave Filoni's done an amazing job um, with Rebels, and now. Uh, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, um, and I'm interested in seeing how all of these characters kind of play into one another. I think Mandalorian overdid it with some of the character, um, what do you call those, cameos? Like all of the character cameos in Mandalorian that were some were expected, some were hinted at, and others just kind of felt forced. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see how they intertwine the stories in Ahsoka. I really hope they don't force any. Any um, unnecessary crossovers like mm-hmm. that. Um, the series, the season as a whole, looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. The graphics, the practical effects. I'm. I still. I'm pretty sure the loth cat, um, Sabine's loth cat, the pet, is an, an uh, animatronic. Like I it looks it be, yeah. very. The practical effects were fantastic. Uh, the special effects were beautiful, and then the music. I don't know if you want to talk about this is more your forte Sam but
0: I so one reason I actually have a really soft spot for Rebels and I know I'm probably in the minority but Rebels one thing I think it has over Clone Wars is the fact that it utilizes more of the classic Star Wars soundtrack down like to the first episode you hear that little motif like da 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 da, da. that's exactly how Sorry, it sounds that I've perfect pitch um, but you have more of that, like, nostalgia feel when you hear the music of Rebels. And there are a few callbacks here in Ahsoka as well. And, yeah, they built up the music very, very well. But, yeah, I have a soft spot for Rebels. I think, it also, it's more fresh in my mind because I did a rewatch, re-watch of okay. Rebels just before starting this. And I'm going to brag one more time. I timed my rewatch so perfectly that I was on the finale the day that Ahsoka was released. Well so just well slipped right into episode one. Just kind of Ahsoka. picks up right where I left off. Um one point of contention I do have is in all of like the uh press marketing for this, they I know I read multiple times that they said, No, you don't need to have had watched Rebels, you know. This is not Rebels season. This oh, five, don't don't uh you most definitely it it helps a lot if you've watched Rebels it, <laughs> before.
1: Okay, but yeah, whatever I, it
0: takes to draw in new I,
1: I so. feel like they ha- like it's almost kind of like legally they have to say that mm-hmm. because if you tell people, if you tell any any uh, newcomer, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a young child or a parent that's mm-hmm. trying to get involved in their kid's life or what, like whoever it is, if you tell them, oh hey, you need to see like five seasons and a movie and two other yeah. TV shows and maybe a couple of movies. They, they don't have the time. like yeah, We all live busy lives. We don't have the time committal for that. Mm-hmm. But if you say, oh, hey, you can pick this up right from the start. Mm-hmm. And you can, painfully. Um, I think you're going to have a lot of questions. Like a lot, hey, who's that?
0: Well, I what watched I the say? premiere with somebody who had never seen Rebels. Oh, and and that- it just underscored why you really should have watched Re- it. This is how much, the, the, how frustrating the experience was. Hera came onto the screen and he says, oh, Gamora's in this? Oh, my God. <laughs> From Guardians of the Galaxy. Cat- like, oh, my God. It was three of us watching. Me, another big Star Wars fan, and him who had never seen Rebels.
1: I mean, technically, they, they are both Disney princesses. <laughs> like, they could be. But That's we I'm like, oh, cool. sorry. World. What no, did you just no, say? No, 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 no. You can't. So was <laughs> that.
0: So it definitely helps if you've, been able to invest the time uh, into Rebels beforehand. I thought we were going to see Zeb in this, considering we had I was seen really him. really
1: hoping to see him. Because
0: Zeb was one of those uh, forced cameos in Season 3 of Mando. So I thought that we would have...
1: Was that a forced... Yeah, I, I think, think it was that was a forced. very forced cameo. Um, uh, we got it, was to... so, it was so exciting to see him in that. Mm. And I love that they didn't have him say anything. Like, he was just in the background. No, he did speak in that episode. Did he yeah, he was yet? going
0: up. He was going up to what's his name? He was like, oh, did you hear what happened? Oh, uh, yeah, times but like he yeah. had quite a few uh, lines. But it, again, all he could
1: think was they're just trying to plug Ahsoka right now. Like, which is, I mean, I it worked. They did. Um, okay, now the, the the one big question that I really kind of um, I wanted to get your thoughts on is for those um, for those special people in our life that we. That haven't seen Ahsoka, they haven't watched Rebels, they haven't watched Clone Wars, they haven't watched any of the movies or TV shows, and they say, hey buddy, I want to start watching Ahsoka. What should I watch to get prepped? Mm. If you could give them one episode, like let's say like top three, what would you have them watch to kind of get ready for episode one and two? (sighs)
0: Am I limited to a number of episodes that they should watch?
1: Well, okay. I mean, if you could say watch all of Rebels, watch all of Clone Wars, that's a lot. I'm going to say, like, top three.
0: Okay. Um, Don't watch the Clone Wars movie, like the animated movie. I feel like that's just...
1: Well, I mean, technically that's Ahsoka's first introduction. It is, to the but world. that it's was just her uh, that was the Ahsoka premiere. It is, but when did that come out? 2008. 2008.
0: Yeah, cuz I think the TV series started later that year. Um I would say what was the episode to get like more better like better acquainted with Ahsoka? There's the Clone Wars episode where she loses her lightsaber and they make her spend a lot of time with uh, that older Jedi who makes Mm -hmm. an appearance in his tomb in the Obi-Wan series. Uh, And there's an arc, I want to say at the beginning of season three, where uh, it's more Ahsoka based. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'll uh, cut out all my rambling here.
1: I would watch the Mortis arc of Clone Wars. Yeah, you would watch the Mortis arc? I love what Mortis was so good. No, 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 no. You can't, we're not, not talking about favorite art. episodes here, Sam. We're no, but about, I'm saying not no. Talking.
0: Because about that's so where you get introduced to um, Mori, I think is the name of her owl. It explains a lot. And it gets into her psyche a little more about, you know, don't trust your master. Don't trust your master. I love the Mortis arc. Again, I'm probably in the minority, but it gets into the Star Wars lore a little bit more. Um, But necessary media, I would say Twilight of the Apprentice from Rebels, where she faces off with Vader again. Classic episode. Um, I forget the name of the Rebels episode in season four. It's like the penultimate episode where Ezra rescues her from uh, in the world between worlds. That was also a fantastic um. Arc. Yeah, so many Easter eggs in that one. Um, and... I, I don't think you really need to have watched the Mandalorian episodes with her. I guess if you want to watch that first one that she appears in, fine. But I'm talking like Ahsoka lore. I would... I feel like any Ahsoka-centric episode of season three onward... Of Clone Wars is a good place to start because that's when she really starts to become more likable, uh, fleshed out a little bit more, and yeah, those two episodes of Rebels, I would say. Interesting. Why? What, what about you?
1: No, I was gonna say, and and I, I take a much a much different approach mm. because there's so much to her lore. Um, I would probably start with uh, Tales of the Jedi. I think it's episode two or three. Her her original origin story. Now, as an episode, I personally dislike this. I hated it's it. It's a terrible episode. I hated it. But she, but in my head, like if I was to introduce my mom to Ahsoka and be like, "Hey, here's this TV show." She's gonna be like, "Who is she? Where did she come from?" What I'm like, "Here, mom, just watch an episode about her taming a tiger." And and Okay, it's she's so Jedi. stupid. It is the world's dumbest episode. It's so there are but so many other episodes that establish this, her connection to the force. This is a level zero entry episode. Then I would probably go to Star Wars season I think it was in six. Clone Wars? Uh Star, yeah, you're right, sorry. Star Wars and Clone Wars uh season six. The episode where they think she, she pulled off the bombing at the Jedi Temple. Oh, that's season
0: five. It's the end of
1: season five. The end of season I five. I meant to mention that one, yeah. That's a fantastic arc because I think in the beginning, it kind of sets the tone that Anakin and her are beginning to have a strange relationship. She leaves the order. She kind of sees through the hypocrisy of the Jedi, Mm -hmm. but she chooses her own path of not being a Sith, not being a Jedi, but she sets out as this gray Jedi, Mm -hmm. which um, I don't think any other in, in, in current Disney lore, there's no other gray Jedi's. Not Disney, lore. I think they're oh, they're was there they there used to be in the expanded universe, yeah. the original expanded universe.
0: Yeah. If they're I think they've touched upon some great Jedi, but they haven't like nearly fresh them out as yeah. much as. Oh, and one more, and you might have already, uh, you might have, you might already are gonna mention this, but the um, Clone Wars final season, like last four, I, that was gonna be my pick for three all about her is, escaping Order sixty six,
1: um, not the hidden files, the uh, the recovered. Uh, the lost I transmissions. Called, yeah. Star Star Wars: The Clone Wars season seven. That whole that whole season was just epic from start to finish. But there's a couple of episodes in there, especially with Order sixty six, where she serves as an advisory capacity to yeah. the Grand Armory, the Republic. And mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of mo- key moments where, uh, like Mace Windu when he calls uh, on the holocom. Um, and they say, this is official Jedi business, adios. Mm-hmm. And they kick her out of the room. Oh, yeah. After Rex and her has been through everything, mm-hmm. and I think that was just kind of the censure. Um, yeah.
0: But and they do a good job showing how she escapes Order 66 in a believable way, and they also get, like, the emotional impact of it down pretty well. I wouldn't recommend all of Season 7, that whole arc of her with those sisters. Of, no, like, absolutely. Epic no, waste of time. I think
1: there's only... But two or three episodes in season seven where she escapes the ship
0: yeah but the um, yeah the stuff that takes that happens like in real time with episode three absolutely uh that absolutely yeah sorry i should have thought of that before but
1: that's i would put that under necessary material to view beforehand no, and that obviously the more time you have, and the more and the more episodes you can catch up on, the more backstory you get with the Ahsoka mm-hmm. character. Because I mean, obviously, Filoni's done such a good job at having her as a reoccurring character in so many different shows, though. Mm-hmm. Um, not only man, I, I, I'd even say if if I got a fourth, which I you know I know we I know we said three <laughs> i definitely didn't narrow it down <laughs> to three i forgot about that <laughs> um is mandalorian season two with uh with grogu yeah when she is i feel like that's kind of a base you know it's kind of a jump there's a big jump in there um but it kind of sets her as a jedi she's willing to teach she's willing mm-hmm. to take on a padawan um she's kind of continuing the jedi legacy in her own way mm-hmm. not according to the old standards or something that's She's still hunting for Thrawn. She's would not you, a mercenary, but she does write.
0: Would you lump in the uh, the really first season three of Mando, Book of Boba Fett, her episodes in that?
1: <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it. Like her um, stuff with Luke. Before we started recording. Um, and honestly, I'm getting a little confused with the end of Mando 2 and the beginning of Boba Fett. I forgot she was in Book of Boba. Very briefly. She yeah. had a brief cameo there with um,
0: Luke. And uh, R2 and Din Djarin. Right, right at the beginning. Yeah, because Din comes to visit. He's like, I want to see Grogu. That's right. And she's that's like, good. perhaps he is a Padawan now. And and she says to Luke later, Luke's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And she says, so much like your father. People loved that. I hated it. I was like, they totally just tacked that on there. They'd be like, oh, she's talking about Anakin.
1: I hated it. But anyway, that's beside the point. Well, I, you know, and I... I love it and hate it because it is a little bit, it's a little bit canned. But on the other hand, I think it bridges the gap. Like, we have all of these stories that we know in one realm, in one circle. And then we have all these other characters and storyline in this other circle. But when you see them overlap and you kind of connect the dots between the times and the places and the people, how they interact with one another, and you go, "Whoa! I didn't think about that. Because... They did. Yeah, they did. And Ahsoka served and, and and fought alongside Anakin, and now she's kind of serving in an advisory capacity. What does Luke call her?
0: Auntie Ahsoka.
1: <laughs> Aunt Ahsoka.
0: Aunt Ahsoka. I mean, she's got to be pushing, like, 73 years I mean, she like, looks good. <laughs> but, oh, what was it? There's... Oh, completely unrelated. They did a really good job with Chopper in this episode too they did it surprisingly i i was i was very proud yeah it was like he leapt off of the animated
1: screen he did a really good job into his cgi role (laughs) which was i you know i was kind of surprised because chopper in and i think he had a very because he had a very limited um role Mm -hmm. in the live action series i think in the animated he has so much personality and so much movement Mm -hmm. and motion with his um His His lid and his little arms and his jet pack, yeah, wheel thing. thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and I think that's going to be very hard to transition. Yeah. But they did a very good job at at, at the small things, especially like when he was locked into the. um, I think it was the SBE. What is it called? The one ship, the the Uh, droid carrier. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of personality mm-hmm. with him accusing Hera of going through his stuff and then yep. yelling back like the banter The it banter felt, worked. it felt very classic Rebels now
0: talking about Hera and this is the last point I want to make uh, I was pleasantly surprised I was not expecting at least from my viewpoint the best developed character in this TV series so far to be Hera because to me in Rebels now just hear me out uh, to me, in Rebels, Hera was always... And I think we've talked about it. Hera was always just kind of a one-note
1: character. She was. She was the wheel man.
0: I'm, oh, I'm the leader. And I love to fly. Like, beyond that, there's... I mean, yeah, she has this dynamic with her father. A bit of a Things shadow. like that. Um, but I thought that Mary Elizabeth did a good job of giving her some depth in here. Like, the way that she speaks to Ahsoka and Sabine individually, you actually feel like she's got... A past with each of these women, she's like, hey, I know that you're upset with her, but there are bigger things happening here and here. Ahsoka so far, I mean, not that Sabine and Ahsoka's characters are bad or, like, poorly developed or anything. Sabine, am I supposed to believe that she's just been moping like, through the Battle of Endor, not helping out at all or anything? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, where's Ezra? I want to find Ezra. Ooh, hey, that's what weird. happens
1: yeah. when you're moody Mandalorian.
0: Um, yeah. But, I don't know, I was just pleasantly surprised by her. Thing.
1: You know, I have to admit, there were a couple times I, I, I caught myself looking at at the, the cinematography and being like, why is she just, like, wide-eyed staring? And, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of, kind of, like, stares. Yeah. And then I stopped and thought back to Rebels, and I'm like... That's what her character did through the majority of the That's show. He was kind of a, a, a side character, a mm-hmm. background character. Um, but I have to admit, the acting, um, but like you brought out, the acting was superb. You felt, yeah. you kind of felt that history and that connection. But individually, per person, um, even with Hu Yang, the, a couple mm-hmm. of times where they talked, you could see that they had an understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Overall, what would you, if you had to give. Oh, don't make me, don't make me. Oh, don't make me 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 read it. This is 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 where
1: people lose their minds. It's too much. How about about a comparison? I think think, um, this was most definitely better than anything in Book of Boba Fett. (laughs) Any episode, hands down. It's not. This, I think this... And I'm, I'm trying to compare this to, like, Mandalorian Season... Uh, episode 1. Season 1, Episode 1. Mm-hmm. Because that time. was, like... That was the... Standard. standard. It was setting the bar for the rest of the season. Um, and I remember the first time we watched Mandalorian Episode mm-hmm. 1. It was just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. The graphics, the characters... The, context, the, yeah. the The music. The dialogue. Everything was just so... This is the Star Wars that I know and love. Mm-hmm. Um... And I am not about to be disappointed. Which was such an encouraging thought. Like, yeah. like to to see, go on through the rest of the season and to and to look forward to. Honestly, there were a couple of weeks. Um, obviously, you know, there was a there was a pandemic on at the time. Obviously. And Mandalorian was what got me through the work week. Yeah. Like it's what I looked forward to every Wednesday. Um, hmm. Actually we we scheduled I think I oh, invited yeah. you to a couple of We those. did Mando. We scheduled brunches, Mando brunches. Um we we got time off of work and we got together and had a big brunch with the guys yeah. and we watched Mandalorian. Yeah. Um and I'm excited to have that same experience now with Ahsoka mm-hmm. and not and not go back to work the next day mad yeah. that I wasted it, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm happy to kind of spend that time with the Ahsoka series.
0: And I think I mean one advantage Mandalorian had Like, with its pilot episode, it was able to keep things more simple because everything was new. Ahsoka has a lot more to try to pack in, but it didn't feel overwhelming. So, I feel pretty good about it so far. Agreed. Yeah. Well,
1: I think that sums it up for episode one. I think that's a pretty good start.
0: All right. Join us next time, if you feel like it, for our (laughs) thoughts on Ahsoka Part 2. And uh, (laughs) come back and we'll, uh, we'll commiserate. Let's commiserate. Let's commiserate. So much commiseration. Goodbye, everyone.